Welcome to Resource Sessions. I'm Gwendolyn Stirk of Stirk Family Law, and I'm honored and privileged to have one of our attorneys, Jonice Atchison, with me today. We're going to talk about protective orders laws that become effective January 1, 2023, and specifically Senate Bill 03667. Welcome, Junice. How are you today? I'm doing good. How are you? Good, thanks. So in general, this bill allows people to appear in person or online for many of the services. Do you think that's a good idea overall, Jonice? Overall, I do think that's a good idea. It's going to allow domestic violence victims to access online orders of protection. And, you know, when you read through the bill, it seems like there's many questions that come up. Don't you agree? Yes. One of the concerns is who is this going to be applicable for? Sure. I think that's a really good question. So, you know, the bill itself has to be read in its entirety to understand that because it really gives a position in there in some of the subsections, specifically section F5 um, of the first section of the act, which talks about the fact that it applies in a county with a population of over 250,000. And it allows them to offer the option of a remote hearing to a petitioner for a protective order. And it, actually it says the word shell in there. And then it says that the court has a discretion to grant or deny the request for a remote hearing. And each court shall determine the procedure for a remote hearing. So it really does belong to those people in the counties more than 250,000. But I think it's important to read this law in light of another change that's occurred, which is Illinois Supreme Court Rule 45, which lists out the types of cases that the Illinois Supreme Court feel are appropriate to be heard remotely, and one of them is the order of protection. So I think that that's an important distinction to make is while it says that everybody's going to have that availability, there are some limitations within the text, but hopefully we'll overcome that through that Illinois Supreme Court. In the counties that are eligible for this with uh, 250 more of a population, how do you think uh, these changes will be brought about for domestic violence victims? Well, first of all, I think that it's going to be important to note that when you're going to seek an order of protection, that you don't have to go to the courthouse and you can do it online. And many counties are also offering them seven days a week. Now, I want to really put out here a, a caveat because it's important to know that each county does have some discretion here. And even with Supreme Court Rule 45, the chief judges have 90 days to implement a policy. And this law applies, as you know, just noted to us, for populations of over $250,000 or 250,000 people. But it is going to apply, I think, for the initial request for an emergency order of protection. But the question I have in reading the bill is whether or not it's going to apply to the return date. So what will be your recommendation for someone that is thinking about getting a domestic violence um, order of protection, their first step? What would their first step be? I think their first step is to go to the county in which they reside and go to the website and look up their order of protections to see if there's online access for you to fill out the forms online and request a hearing remotely. If you're not able to get that far, then there should be a phone number there to be able to call the clerk's office to assist to, to seek assistance in walking through that process. If you're not computer literate or you feel that that's going to be more difficult for you, you always have the option of going in person. But there are some mechanical situations where 
Let's say that you have been the victim of domestic violence. You are being cared for in an emergency room and we all know emergency rooms can be very delayed and you're not gonna make it on time to the courthouse. Maybe going and asking for a private room so you can seek some kind of relief in the interim through an online access is the way to go. So you really have to consider those options. Now, if you are going to ask for it though in a remote setting, you have to understand that you are still in a courthouse. So you have to have proper demeanor. You have to be able to testify without anybody in the room influencing you. You know, the judge will ask you a series of questions and you have to make sure that mechanically you're able to seek the relief that you need in that time. Outside of going to the website for the courthouse where you're trying to get relief, are there other resources for victims outside of the court? Sure, there's many resources that are out there. And there are very good domestic violence shelters that are in our area that have advocates that can assist you to walk through the process. Also, if you're calling into the courthouse to seek an order of protection and you're asking the clerk questions, you could ask them whether or not they have domestic violence advocates on call that would be able to take your telephone call to be able to assist you to answer some of your questions walking through it. I will say that overall, some courts and some counties are better at giving good assistance than others. And I think that people often get very confused and they think that somebody's going to be representing them for an order of protection. And that's really not the case. When you're going in for an ex parte order of protection, there are domestic um, violence advocates that can sometimes give you directions or there's court advocates there, but they are not standing in your place. You alone are the one testifying. That shouldn't scare you, but you should know that you need to be the one presenting the evidence and seeking for the information. That being said, do you believe that getting a consult with an attorney um, might be in benefit for these uh, domestic violence victims to be assisted in the process? Yeah, I always think that getting the assistance of an attorney to understand what that process is gonna look like and then also understanding if there's going to be what I consider another action that is either going to be consolidated or run in conjunction with the other action. So, for example, in many of our counties, if you file a divorce action, you know, either at the same time or right around the time, your domestic violence order protection hearing is going to be heard in one courtroom, but your ultimate hearing as to whether or not that order is going to be a continual order will be heard by the judge in the domestic relations division. So understanding that by having the assistance of an attorney is very helpful to know what that process is going to look like for you. Okay, well, I think that gives us a good understanding of the new protective order laws. Yeah, I do as well. I think that it's important to understand that this is a remedy that's in place that you get an emergency order protection. You're able to do that ex parte without notice. That means to the other side first, the court will generally give you 21 days to have the individual served and then a hearing to be conducted with regard to that particular um, order to see whether or not it's going to remain in place or be vacated or be modified in some way. But these are tools that are available and people should not hesitate to utilize them in Illinois. And I think that moving forward in this way is a true way to try to address it. I do have one last concern before we wrap up that I did want to address is the statute is very clear that you cannot have competing order of protections, meaning that you cannot have you and the person that you're seeking an order of protection, both of you cannot be protected parties, only one. 
And one of the things I think that becomes an issue, which was an issue even before we had this new law allowing you to go online is what I call the race to the courthouse. Who's going to get there first and tell their story? And then a judge has to sort that through because you can't have competing order of protection. You can only have one. But ultimately, that stuff does get sorted out. So overall, I think that in conjunction with our new Illinois Supreme Court Rule 45, along with these changes, that the pandemic taught all of us that change needs to occur. And one of these changes can be to allow this to occur remotely. And if you're there on a, seeking an order of protection, you should ask if you're fearful of coming in the courtroom, whether or not the judge will allow you to attend the hearing in a remote setting. So you do not have to be in the presence of the perpetrator of the abuse because that sometimes causes great undue friction that may not be appropriate. Now, remember that the judge may not grant it, but it's always at, worth asking about it. So a new law, but one, I think we're going to have to come back and revisit. Wouldn't you agree? Because I think some of the quirks have to be worked out. I do. I believe it's a step in the right direction, but we do need to get some official uh, language put in there. So there's a clear understanding county by county of how this is going to take place. Right. We'll consult the website of the county and we wish you the best as you endeavor on it. And we're always available at Stirk Family Law to give you a free consultation on the issue of domestic violence. Thank you for your time. To learn more or to connect with Stirk Family Law Group or Gwendolyn J. Stirk, call 815-600-8950 or visit stirkfamilylaw.com. The information in this podcast is not legal advice and should not be construed as such. It is for informational and educational purposes only.